To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations for from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Smartphones are getting boring and we're fine with that. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. There was a time when the unveiling of the next-generation Apple iPhone was a very big deal. Don't get me wrong, there are plenty of fans still keeping tabs on the latest releases from Apple and competitors like Samsung and Google. New buttons, fewer buttons, phones that are slimmer, taller, smaller. But if you didn't hear much about Apple's hardware event in Cupertino last week, it wasn't just you, says Lauren Good, who covers consumer tech at Wired. This year's iPhone event felt a little bit subdued. You know, I've I've covered a lot of Apple events over the years, both on the hardware and software side. And to me, it really feels like the center of gravity is starting to shift more towards those software events, something like WWDC or Google I.O. that happens in the spring. Also, I think with all of the emphasis that we're seeing on artificial intelligence and technology right now, that's where some of the really exciting development has been happening. Whereas on the hardware side, people have started to expect slightly more iterative updates in things like the iPhone, the Apple Watch, uh, the iPad. Uh, you know, and that's not to say that um, these were disappointing in any way, but it just felt like, okay, another September, another new iPhone. We've come to expect this. What can the thing do and how does it fit into our lives? Those are the questions that I think I hear people asking these days. And how did the Apple event this past week compare with competitor events like Samsung's from earlier this year? Google, of course, has one coming up next month. This is probably oversimplifying it a little bit, but I think if I had to describe what Samsung is leaning into at this point in time based on their July event, it's really foldables, right? Foldables was a bright spot in the smartphone market last year, despite seeing dips globally in smartphone sales and slowing smartphone sales. Foldables are a category that is growing. They're still a little bit gimmicky. They're not for everyone, but it's some kind of pop of innovation that's happening in phones right now when the rest of the market is pretty, I don't know, static in some ways. And then with Google, you know, Google tends to lean into the fact that it is primarily a software company. 
and that they have been building AI systems for many years now. So even though Google doesn't sell as nearly as many Pixel phones as you know Apple sells iPhones or Samsung sells its phones around the globe, Google can really lean on that AI and its computational photography to say, hey, we're using software to make these photos that much better. Those, I think, are the different ways that the, the you know, different phone manufacturers have traditionally sort of uh, differentiated their phones. And, and we're seeing them do that again this fall. One thing we've been wondering is, have we reached peak smartphone? I think this is a really good question. And the holiday quarter of 2022 was a real wake-up call for people in terms of what might be going on in phones because that was the quarter that smartphone shipments declined significantly from the holiday quarter the year prior. So people started to say like, okay, what's going on in the smartphone market? And I think that there are a lot of factors here. Um, One, I think that the market is generally saturated, right? In, In various places around the world, the majority of adults do have a smartphone. I also think smartphones have just gotten really good. Even at the mid-range, you could spend 400, 500, you know, US dollars and get a pretty darn good phone with a pretty good camera. Now that we're seeing these iterative, you know, or incremental updates every year, I think people are thinking more critically about whether they actually need to upgrade. And in some instances, the answer might be, no, I really, I really don't. So I think that we're definitely going to see more and more of these smartphone manufacturers leaning into AI as something that is going to be a differentiator or maybe appeal to people or convince them to upgrade. But I also think we're going to go back to basics. Like people are going to be looking for what's the best battery life? What's the most convenient phone? What fits into my life? What's durable and not going to break? What's repairable so that if it does break, I can get it repaired for, you know, not an exorbitant amount of money. Uh, I think like people are being practical about phones right now. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It seems like there was a period where we were just being driven to buy new phones all the time, whether we wanted to or not. I mean, who can forget when Apple throttled performance in these older iPhones that uh, we later learned would have been okay if not for, you know, pretty specific um, moves by the company. Um, It feels like the companies themselves have shifted strategy a little bit. Right. We've definitely experienced, I think, this phase in smartphones where there is a combination of both planned obsolescence, uh, where companies intentionally build features that are set to expire or in the instance of, you know, the famous Apple case of throttling battery life. This was a few generations ago at this point. But you know, people had always suspected, like, why does my phone seem to suddenly get worse just before a new one is coming out? So that planned obsolescence combined with accelerated launch cycles, knowing that manufacturers are working on these phones, you know, every 18 to 24 months, they've got that pipeline. And then every year, there's going to be a new version. Consumers, I think, sort of got sucked into that for a while, right? And now we're starting to take a step back, we're able to take a step back and say, I really don't need to upgrade all that frequently. Sales of smartphones across companies, as you've noted, have been on the decline for a few years. How has Apple specifically been responding to that decline? Apple has fared pretty well despite the decline in smartphone sales. But Apple has uh, also really been growing its accessories unit, things like AirPods and Apple Watch, which keep people pretty locked into Apple's ecosystem, as well as its services business, things like 
the App Store, Apple TV+, iCloud, all of those things. Like once people start subscribing to services, not only is it recurring revenue for Apple, but it makes it that much harder to leave. And I think that's exactly what Apple would like to see happen. That was Lauren Good, senior writer and host of the Gadget Lab and Have a Nice Future podcast at Wired. We've linked to Lauren's recent reporting on our website, marketplacetech.org, including a piece that was part of Wired's special 30th anniversary series, in which she asks, what will the smartphone and our usage of it look like 10 years from now? Industry experts weigh in, among them, Tony Fidel, who designed and engineered the iPod. And lest we forget, Lauren reminds us that smartphones are actually amazing devices, which is why so many of us are still pretty hooked. Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.